both of us like being different individuals right we just we had a lot of dreams like growing up and just after high school so I think that just came together when when a lot of our interests just intersected yeah that's that's kind of how it all started honestly there, there was a point that we had a conversation that we would have my barber shop next to his boutique sneakers yeah sort of yeah, 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 yeah that was like the dream So we're here today with two uh, humans that I know from how long ago now? Almost 10 years, I guess like 10 years. Over 10 years. 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, everybody pull up their photo. No, 10 years, I guess, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, these people are Chadley and Gino. Do you guys wanna give a little of your own intro and just tell us who you are? Chad, <laughs> my bro. Thank you, Gino. Thank you. So yeah, my name is uh, Chad Leablos. Thank you guys for having us on the show. I'm 27 years old. I'm an entrepreneur, and I currently co-own a shop called Hades. Whatever you want to call it, Parlor by Hades. Hades. Hades Projects. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who's, uh, this, who's this person <laughs> beside you? Oh, and uh, to my right. And to, to and to my left from Chad, I'm Gino Coronado, and. Uh, I'm going to follow your structure for that. So I'm 28 and uh, I'm, the, I'm the co-founder of Hades Projects, but uh, I'm also the head barber. I also educate here and I give, I give guys confidence. That's what I do and that's what I like to do. So, How did you two meet? This is even more than 10 years ago. I know you two went to the same elementary school. Yeah, I guess we knew of each other in elementary school, but you don't really feel like you know someone until you actually talk to them, right? So it wasn't until maybe when I was graduating from Holy Cross, which was 2008, around, around then was when we actually started talking. Really? Yeah. When, you, when you say when we meet, I remember you like in elementary school. So we've known each other since elementary school. But you yeah. didn't really become friends. Exactly, yeah. Until afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Because after you start, you know, when you go into high school, you, you start doing things together with like different grades. So we started playing basketball together. We started dancing together and... Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people got close uh, during our years. So, yeah. Dang. So, uh, you said you're the head barber, and then, so Chad, what's your role in the shop? Yeah, so I do a little bit of everything and a lot of everything. Jack of um, all trades. Yeah, so I. Wears hats, a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats. Yeah, so just to name things off the top of my head, uh, I'm operations, I do the finance, I do the marketing, uh, I take care of the branding. Yeah, so I take a little bit of everything. But honestly, like, I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm learning so much about every facet of the business and that's what I really wanted to do when, when I left Livestock in 2016 already. Yeah, so yeah, I've just been learning a lot and uh, it's been a blessing to just like understand how businesses run and that's why we're here today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think that you two would own a business together? At some point, definitely, for sure. When Was it after high school that we kind of had that our, our own dreams, our own personal dreams that kind of just ended up connecting, just like how you guys had had a, you know, the an idea. Serendipitous. Uh, serendipitous. Serendipitous union. Yeah. Yeah. We're both of us like being different individuals, right? We just, we had a lot of dreams like growing up and just after high school. So I think that just came together when, when a lot of our interests just intersected. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all starts, honestly. There, there was a point that we had a conversation that we would have 
my barber shop next to his boutique sneaker, some sort of sneaker consignment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was and like we would, we would like, you know, our, our clients would go into because that's that's what livestock was, right? They had yeah. JDs next door. Right. Yeah, and I would I would go visit Chad when he worked at Livestock in Gastown. Yeah. And I was like, yo, one day I, I would love to have a barbershop and he would love to do what he's doing there, but have his own thing, right? So yeah. we thought it, would, it was going to be side by side. Yeah. So yeah. That's how it actually started was when we said, you know, one day we're going to do this because I was at that time I was cutting, I was cutting hair in his garage. So I had, I didn't really have a space at home other than the washroom to cut. And my garage was really cold. Chad, Chad's had carpet, so it was a little bit more insulated, but it's carpet. So I'm cutting hair on carpet. Shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember to vacuum after every haircut. Oh, that's the worst. It was ghetto. But he already had a small mirror in there that he took from uh, one of your washrooms. Your an old mirror. It's one of those ones that opened up, and you can you can put medicine in there. Oh, oh my god, like a medicine cabinet thing. Yeah, there you go. There's this official name. There you go. <laughs> oh my god it was just my haircut mirror when i knew it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. that's crazy it's crazy to see how things end up being and just like coming into fruition oh man you just can never imagine it when you when it's back then you know mm -hmm. what i mean like you don't think about those things you're kind of li living in the moment at that age too mm -hmm. you only see past tomorrow you're like living paycheck to paycheck well, speaking, if we rewind it to back then and we bring in sort of a little bit more on Filipino culture, tell us about sort of growing up Filipino. So both of you are, obviously. That's yes. why we're talking to you. One of the reasons, other than the multitude of other great things about you guys, but what was your sort of childhood like? Like, where are your parents from? Were they immigrants here? Were they born here? Were you born here? What does that story look like for each of you? Man, I love this story. And I, I spent quite a bit of time going back home to figure out what my roots were. My uncle actually ended up doing one of those Ancestry.com things. And he showed me, I think, four oh, generations back. Four generations <laughs> back. So. I know. Yeah. Or like the 23 and Me. It's like yeah. a, it was a Black bucks. Friday sale, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like she, yeah, I was like, dang, I should have done that. Send in a piece of your hair. Send in a piece of your hair, right? Is it, isn't it? It's saliva. saliva. I thought oh. they'd take a swab. Jeez. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's saliva. That's going straight to the CIA yeah. guys. I know. I'm like, where the fuck are they keeping all this saliva? They're making more of us somewhere. 2019, guys. Hey, you never know. I mean, Google listens to us every day on our phones. So. Sub Google, sub Facebook. Siri. Uh, okay, continue. Yeah. Oh, fuck, Siri actually turned on. Damn it. So it was cool to find out that my, on my dad's side, they currently live in Makati, which is the city, right? Mm -hmm. But when, when I was going there when I was younger, it, it wasn't really a city yet. But my ancestors used to do the, I think, the sugar cane farms. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what they were. And then uh, they were Ilocano mm. on that side. And then my mom lives in Pateros right now, which is still around that area of Manila. But that's where like all the bullets from. Or they used to be when the river was clean enough to have ducks come to it. So it's right. Bulletville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, my family moved here. My family moved here in 89. My brother okay. was, was one and I was born the year, the year after basically. Mm. I just remember not understanding that my parents lived somewhere else before until I was right. maybe like six or seven and not even knowing what that really meant until much later on in your life. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, you yeah, really just crazy. picked up everything and left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's been plenty of times at the dinner table where my dad will just ask like, 
are you thankful we brought you here? And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. funny, it's yeah. funny to say that though, yeah. because it's like, it's funny to say that though, because you have no comparison of what life is like outside of here. Yeah. So whenever I feel like parents say that, it's like, well, yeah, I think I'm grateful, but I don't know what a situation other than this is like. Yeah. So it's like hard to have as much of a, an appreciation for it. Yeah. But anyway, continue. The more you learn, though, the more you appreciate, right? And that's mm-hmm. I think that's with anything. The more you have knowledge on something, you really start to appreciate it and see it for what it is, mm-hmm. which is just a big opportunity for us. And to be able to create things like this is what it leads to. Mm-hmm. They don't know it when they're doing it. No, right? they don't know that. You know, they're they're thinking about the stereotypes. You know, what their kids are going to be, mm-hmm. what school they're going to go to, yeah. things like that. But I think this is an opportunity that. I was so happy to show my parents when they walked in here, they were proud. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. never seen them look at me like that. Like they were more proud before of me mm-hmm. in my life, right? And I did something that was outside of the norm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that say. to me is so valuable because I've always appreciated being somewhat unique and different and being mm-hmm. my own person and having you know my own way of doing things, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just an affirmation of, of like- Yeah, that validation. Yeah. Yeah, that's touching on what you just said. Do you feel like there are a lot of uh, impositions on Filipinos, young Filipinos, to be a certain way or to be a certain thing? It's a definitely. I think yeah, it's a definitely. Sure. I don't think it's an always. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever an always, but majority of people that I know, and even even the kids that come in here, we mm-hmm. talk to these kids about their lives, and and we get to know people because they, we see them once some once a week, some once every two weeks, some once a month. So you really get to know people and mm-hmm. it's a it's a real thing. It, it happens all the time and it really happens to everybody. I don't yeah. know someone who, who doesn't go through that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, what about your, your uh, story? History, yeah. My history, <laughs> man. Yeah, I think it's just crazy if you don't understand or if you don't know the your roots. Yeah. I recommend just exploring and just doing it. When I did it, it's really rewarding, man. Like you get to really understand where you're coming from and what your parents went through. So my my, my dad's from Pampangan and uh, my mom's from Nueva Ecija. So that's all north of Manila, right? So my grandpa on my mom's side was, uh, he was a postman for 40 years. My grandma was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. raising like seven kids. Cause you know, back in the day, they just couldn't stop. They just can't made stop babies. But that means you have so many cousins, it's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so the yeah. sons. Right. And uh on my dad's side, I think my grandpa was uh he used to inspect all like the US Navy ships that were stocked in the Philippines when the oh, when the States was there, when they were occupied there. And uh, this is pretty crazy, crazy story. So after 20 years after that naval base like left because the state pulled them out, they gave everybody a chance who worked there to move to the states. Yeah. And that's how they got to move oh, to so the states. So you guys are part of that. Yeah. And then the other side was, I think it was uh, my cousin's mom, uh, AJ, my tita Evelyn. She, she was the first one to leave the Philippines and come to Canada. And they first landed at Edmonton. So they were just, she was a nurse and that's how she got over. And then after moving to BC, they start sponsoring everybody. That's how everyone comes here. And yeah. it's crazy. The sponsor, when you hear sponsors a yeah. kid, right? It has like a ring. Yeah. To it, right? It's like, oh, sponsor this, sponsor that. hella yayas, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> on the payroll, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, yayas on the payroll. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy, man. And, and they get to live their lives now 20, 30 years later. It's mm-hmm. the rest is history. It's like paying it forward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Did you, do you guys feel like you ever had any 
sort of like identity struggles when it came to being Filipino? Because I know both of you grew up in Surrey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And went to Catholic elementary school. Right. Yeah. Which was primarily dominated by a lot of Filipinos. Really? Wasn't it was yours? I know I was like, wait. The Holy Cross. Hold on, wait. Yeah. But did you guys ever feel because I feel like even in comparison from me to you, I went to an elementary school with lots of white people or just like non-Filipino people. Yeah, yeah. So felt a little bit of more of an outsider with you guys being in a school with a lot of other Filipinos. Did you feel like you really did belong or were there any identity struggles in regards to that then that you can even recall? What was your experience with that? Yeah, so I feel like growing up as a Filipino and going to a Catholic elementary school where there's many Filipinos, <laughs> you definitely feel like a, like a bond because you're brothers. And, and you know what, whether they were Filipino or not, you kind of just, at a young age, you gravitate to those people because they look like your cousins or whatever, right? Like Filipinos just stay together, right? So I think being in that and growing up in that, I think you can look at it in so many ways. You can look at it from a blessing way, being like, like I grew up with my brothers mm-hmm. that I still talk to this day. And then you, on the other side, on the outside, you're like, wow, I feel like there's only like a couple like white people here. There's only a couple East Indian people there, a couple black people there. Are they going to be friends with him in the future? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think as you get older, you get you get more perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We went to the same elementary school too. So I think I, I would imagine it wasn't too different. Even if we were in Surrey and you know, there's majority of them are Indian, mm-hmm. but they're also Sikh. So they don't go to our Catholic school. Mm-hmm. There might be one or two, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't a predominantly Filipino area either because mm-hmm. we're not in East Van. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I personally lived just on the other side of Scott Road, mm-hmm. 80th and Scott Road. So I was just on the borderline of Delta and Surrey when we, when we first moved to Canada. And elementary school was pretty diverse for us. Yeah, I had a lot of different groups of friends but I'll tell you, like, honestly, race was a big thing. Mm-hmm. It was a big thing. And this was, this is like early nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. So even, even in grade one, I remember just, just fighting guys, having white to dudes. like fight guys. Yeah. yeah. they like, yeah. white dudes, but just like, you know, it's, it's an alpha male thing too. We're boys, right. Growing up right. boys. And there's like, we're on the gravel field. We're wrestling each other. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you get punched in the face. Yeah. Right. But Happens. I remember being in grade six and, and just, separating teams like how do you guys want to how do you guys want to do teams like okay we'll go white guys versus filipino guys today I'm like, okay sick <laughs> all, all the filipino brothers are just like let's go boys and my white friends were like you know they're like south african and like where are white people from Canada, <laughs> wherever, everywhere. Everywhere. Be, wherever they're from yeah so they're but tall. it would it would be an easy way to to divide mm. but you don't see it like that back then yeah it's just it's just an easy way to kind of split up teams it's just (laughs) natural and instinctual did you ever feel like an outsider because you were filipino ever in your life i didn't but i had a couple of students that came from overseas that were straight fobs fresh off the boat and i saw the way that you know they would be excluded Mm -hmm. and i was often usually the, the guy that would go up to the new student and introduce myself and like try to make friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember t- trying to talk to two specific people, one, one boy, one girl. 
and they really couldn't speak English. It's such, yeah. even the language barrier is so difficult. So to have that in comparison, like I can't complain at all. I have mm-hmm. nothing to complain about because mm-hmm. I, I can speak English. I can understand Tagalog, Tagalog mm-hmm. right? But yeah. I can't speak it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I can't I speak it either. Or, yeah. I feel really bad about speak that. It? Speak Tagalog? Yeah. Like phrases, but I can fully understand it. Okay. Yeah. So oh, I can't. If I'm in the Philippines, different story. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta talk to Lola. If this is the only way I'm talking to Lola, it's happening. Like, it's going down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like it's I the had. same for my brothers. Like if their life depended on it, like real, gun right? to your head, yeah, like you would yeah. pull up the Tagalog. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can do they it. Could. I think you could do it. I don't. If know. you were forced to, Mal, yeah, maybe. But I'm really, is really bad. Yeah. Oh my god! Don't, don't say, say what your name is. Sample. Me on sample. Like sample. No. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't. Like, I see. Like I can't even think of how to say my name is. Ang pangalan ko ay Mal. Is Mal. Ang pangalan ko ay Mal. Nice. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. I don't Shit. know. I just yeah. So those roll off the, the the ngs. You I know. know. <laughs> I know. I definitely don't add the like intonation that <laughs> Filipino people do. Why, I feel okay, like so that's that's a, that's another thing. How come like when other people from different countries when they speak there when they speak english in you know with an accent it's yeah. sexy but when it comes to filipino yeah, accent yeah. it's it not like why is it not to die for you know yeah like, yeah it's, why is that well we were even talking okay we watched she was over the other day and then Janelle told us to watch this movie on netflix called kita 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 see you i see you i see you it's hella dramatic it's dramatic as fuck but like what do you expect from like a filipino what are they called tell us yeah shout out to donnell for recommending Okay, but Donna, I'm gonna put him on blast. He cried. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't. We didn't. Loki, I fell asleep. I know. It was was the ending. It was emotional. Then (laughs) I needed to be more killing to be like into it. It wasn't cheesy enough. Like (laughs) if I'm gonna watch a Filipino movie, I want it to be like fully. Yeah. Like, immersed in yeah like i wanted to hella dramatic yeah yeah super <laughs> dramatic like you're about to die and then yeah it's all about the kid actors for me like the yeah. kid actors <laughs> when they're so like they're, they're so, so dramatic they're so yeah, like, they are it makes me laugh it's so entertaining yeah, yeah. especially but, the chubby boys um but yeah we were watching man. that and even um, during then we were like yeah like Tagalog just doesn't sound appealing (laughs) sound of it I don't know but it's true I don't know that question is valid like why is the Filipino accent not considered it's like a lot of things that are aesthetically pleasing to your eyes it's just commonly aesthetically pleasing we're not really sure why Mm. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it just feels like that I guess that almost brings into play the ideals of westernized society and Mm -hmm. how people want to assimilate so so much more closely to those things did you guys ever feel the need to be more white, to be more westernized because you were not and you were Filipino? I, I definitely say at some point I did because where I grew up after um, about halfway through elementary school, I moved to Fraser Heights, which is right by the Portman Bridge. Mm. And it was a pretty new area at, pretty on one white. side of on one side of it. There's only one way out and it's to the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other way, there's a there's an RV park. Right. So yeah, I grew yeah. up around a lot of white kids, skateboard, mountain bike, hockey, basketball, just playing a lot of sports in the cul-de-sac. And 
you know when you see them bully the other minorities and then you know you're a minority yourself mm -hmm. you just you just want to be down right they yeah. just want to stay like part of part of the cool crew or whatever like mm -hmm. the guys that play sports whatever yeah. yeah yeah so definitely at that point in my life i can say like man okay gotta be more white <laughs> <laughs> like in what way was it just through like activity or was it through physical was it through the way that you looked I think also the things they liked, mm. they preferred hockey. I preferred basketball. Like I had the Grizzlies hoop outside of my house and they and they had like the, the hockey nets. Right. Right. So yeah. even just learning how to play hockey just mm. so that I could, you know, keep up or just yeah. so I could like, because it's, it's Be they didn't want to play basketball and I, I needed somebody to play with. So I played whatever sport was available. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is fitting in for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. There's no way around it. You want to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. So even like, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but like, see when you like bring a friend over, your house smells like Filipino food or fish. Like, you're almost like, yo, sorry, man. Like, you're you forced feel the to, need. Yeah, you, you yeah. feel the need to do that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Which is like, it is a pressure of society and it is a pressure to like fit in mm -hmm. and to be that guy who's kind of cool or like to be liked. So, mm -hmm. oh, that, that's just the bungus, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just like, like happily say it. Like, we right? smell like Lumpia right yeah, now. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> burped smell that, smell that. You smell that? <laughs> smell the spring It's like, yo, this jacket smells like... It's the tuyo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny how even like the smallest of things like that. Well, I remember like that story too in elementary school where I remember a distinct moment where I asked my mom to like start packing me lunch uh, sandwiches instead of rice and whatever yeah. Yeah. that she was going to offer, whether it was leftovers or whether she was making it on her own. But up, it was yeah. definitely because like you open your Tupperware and if it smells <laughs> like smells. something, especially yeah. if it was freshly packed, that yeah. scent Can is ready this? to blow. <laughs> 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 like, oh my God. And, yeah. and it's crazy because I definitely don't think like our stuff like smelled even that strongly, but just mm -hmm. the fact that it was different and it wasn't fucking Lunchables. It wasn't, was yeah. It's not Dunkaroos. Lunchables is trash. Like literally it's so shit. But shitty. I loved when I had it because it right. meant I had the lunch like everybody else. Yeah, true. <laughs> you, look, yeah. you look cool, man. You yeah, shit, right? exactly. Putting those crackers together just and the dip cheese. it, chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They always, they tasted horribly, but you felt good when you yeah. had them because yeah. you were like, oh, I do fit in. Yeah. 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 Just so, kind of a sad thing. Crazy how you can experience that at a young age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it's that, those like little, I feel like microaggressions when you are growing up are the things that then inform your older self's behaviors until you realize that you are being subjected to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like not until you realize like, oh, when I did that, I was actually trying to fit in with being more westernized. Totally. Because when you're young, you're just like, I'm just doing what yeah. I think I should be doing. Mm -hmm. So you don't even know. Well, you're learning so much at that age too. Mm -hmm. right? And now you just, you just want to, almost take a step back sometimes and it's just like okay what did i just learn or what can i take yeah, away from this situation right exactly are there any misconceptions about the filipino culture now that we're kind of talking about fitting in and assimilating into westernized society and stuff like that are there any misconceptions about the filipino culture whether they're stereotypes or things that people think are bad attributes are there any of those that you guys ever felt ashamed of or I guess felt less than because they were associated with you yeah I think unfortunately like when you see somebody you 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 can judge them right mm -hmm. like it's just a I don't know what it is right but it's a 
you see someone, you judge them, right? Or you just see how they measure up or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. but you definitely analyze who they are. And then I think when you don't stack up or they don't stack up to you or, you know, if you don't, if you don't relate to them in a certain way, you're obviously going to judge them in a way, right? Yeah. So I think, unfortunately, it's a part of who we are as humans. But I also think it doesn't have to be the the answer either, right? So it, it just requires like a very high self-understanding and have empathy at the same time mm-hmm. of like what they might be going through. Yeah, I could definitely feel people's struggles in that way. We're talking about struggles. Do you feel like in the Filipino culture, it's hard for people to share their struggles? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know it's weird because Filipinos just love to share about their stuff too. But at the is same it? Time. Is it? I feel like right. It's counter. It's yeah. yeah. And it I true. Like we're hypocrites to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I feel like Filipinos, though, when it's deeply rooted in them, and I feel like when it's and I might just be making a generalized statement, but I feel like when it's something that's so deeply vulnerable to themselves, they don't want to share it. But if it's talking about other people's shit, yeah. it's totally fine. Yeah. 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 It's weird. It's because like we it's like we hate getting shamed, but we love shaming others. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Weird. It's so no, but it's like a fucked Gismosa. up thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that word. Yeah, I know that word. Yeah, I love the cheese. But this Gismosa. has come up though. It's weird because it's come up in like multiple conversations that we ha- we've had where cheese is such a part of the culture and not and it's not necessarily always looked at in a positive way. Sure. It's usually the negative type of gossip that happens and shaming, which I really love what you said when you're like, we hate to be shamed, but love to shame others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't like being embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. any little thing. <laughs> you don't want to be Really image conscious, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so I think that's where the, the fronts come out where that's true. you are willing to share all your success and like you're willing to show when you are in this like position of power oh, yeah. or, or success yeah and, like yeah. success and power i think that's like really summarizes it but when it comes to how hard you're hustling to get there filipinos want to know want people to know that they're hard working but they don't necessarily want to show that they're trying that hard or they don't want to show that they're mm-hmm. they're possibly in pain while working yeah, hard yeah or like for sure yeah and and it's and it's unfortunate because i think that's where i find why i actually really wanted to interview you guys because I think the entrepreneurial space with Filipinos is such an interesting space to really kind of start to talk about that because there are so many people that are trying to start their own businesses or like establish themselves in whatever way uh, and are going through the same things. And, And if we're not talking about like the hurdles that we're individually feeling then what we're just all gonna like meet you at the top like and have like a way harder time to like get to that point rather than hey how can we build each other up or how can you learn from a mistake that I've gone through or vice versa and I think that's where the conversation yeah just needs to be opened up where people are willing to be vulnerable to have that conversation so that we can kind of grow as a collective because I think that's where that crab mentality comes in to play yeah but like also the lack of vulnerability that's there creates this unrealistic expectation of how you're supposed to be while you're building your shit mm-hmm. you know like yeah. you're you're supposed to be yeah i'm killing it. i'm having the best fucking time like yeah. i'm doing my thing and it's so much fun when yeah. really you're 
in your back room like holy shit how do I fucking do this yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know Definitely. like when that's the reality but then somebody will come in and you'll have to put on a happy face and be like oh no but like everything is totally fine yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's a weird uh, I guess yeah I think nobody wants to feel embarrassed that they're struggling like mm-hmm. right and that they everyone wants people want to know or people want to you know portray themselves as you know that they got it together especially as entrepreneurs too i think now that just now that we're talking about like the whole um how does being Filipino filipino and um being an entrepreneur like you know Intersect, play, yeah. yeah it's it's very interesting because um now i think even just like with the power of social media i'm gonna go ahead and say it it gives everybody a level playing field to fucking just go for what they want to go for yeah you know what i mean like color used to be something you know like whether you were just you know in ads or just like commercials like it's obviously like like white dominant right mm-hmm. but now that we live in a in, in an age and in, and our generation just wants more i think it's it's a pretty pretty unique time and it, no one has ever seen anything like this mm. it's pretty unreal so i think for entrepreneurs it it's better do you think being Filipino um, and having kind of the Filipino community behind you like helped kind of really push you guys to take on Hades as a project or like Hades as what it is now. Do you feel like the support of the Filipino community helped to, I guess, um, accelerate your progress? Yeah. And do you feel like the community has been welcoming, has been supportive, or do you feel like there's been like a competitive edge to it? It, there's something different about our experience and if you if you look at Chad and I we're Filipino but mm-hmm. we're also light skinned mm. right so there's that whole westernized I'm a, I'm a first generation Canadian mm. if I was to tell anybody right mm. my ethnic background my roots are in the Philippines right that's where my parents are from but there's definitely um, for our experience anyway and we talk about this even even I, I always use basketball as like a that that's kind of what connects the Filipinos. It's our sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No matter what people say, it is. Yeah. 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 We have like, like we love we, basketball. FYI. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know, if you're Filipino and you didn't know, and you're listening to this, for, 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 example, for, for example, there, there's Filipino only leagues. They have that. Like, what other race and culture can do that? Mm. Where you can have where we call anyone else who isn't Filipino. If you're you are allowed, you're allowed one, and they're called the import. <laughs> right. And that's how they call them in the yeah. PBA. It's yeah. like. Like, you just want to feel like, yeah. Got the import. I'm pretty sure the PBA was the first, like, league outside of the NBA, too. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure I read that somewhere, yeah. too. Yeah, you're right. But in the in this league, in these leagues that we join, we have the Filipinos that are on the same team, and they all came from the Philippines. And then you have the Filipinos who are Filipino-Canadians, and we all stay together, too. You don't you don't often see them mixing. So even even the support, and if, you're, if I'm bringing it back to the business and, and, and the support, I don't think it was necessarily the community of Filipinos, but I think it was the traditions from having a Filipino background mm. that really like was our support. Like family, for example, is such a big Filipino thing. Like we're that's how that's how we are. We're very family oriented. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of our support came from our families, and I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs have the support of their families. Mm-hmm. Right? Even just um, one of our first. First of all, we got the place blessed, of course, mm-hmm. right? And we had about 40 of our families here between, and it was the first time our families met, right? So now mm-hmm. we, as a community, we already started by putting our families together. It's the first thing that we did to, to start building our community, right? And I think that is based off of the tradition of what, you know, the, the actual, I guess, our cultural traditions are. 
and not the community of people itself because right. it, it, there's so many difference, differences between it. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. that's true. It's an interesting thing to think about because it is, I feel like cultural or culture is such a connecting force mm-hmm. because you could be around a Filipino that you don't know or you don't uh, necessarily relate to on different thing in different regards, but you probably know what it's like at their mom's house or you know mm-hmm. what kind of food that their their uh, Lola's cooking or you know you know what kinds of things are going to be at their house like I went to Camille's house today and I'm like your house is so Filipino yeah, we got everything, <laughs> everything. yeah we she got had the, like everything the water we got the waterfall uh moving portrait yeah that you plug in and it makes sound and you can hear the birds you can hear the water we got the fish the tank the fish tank with the, the orange and white fish we got the last supper in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, we got you had TFC that. playing in in the kitchen <laughs> That's like exclusively my Lola's uh, TV too, so it's only TFC that's Damn. ever playing Damn on straight. that. And thing. under yeah. the under the microwave, it's tucked in there. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's like we fully, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean. It's just funny, hey, when you just when you see it all, yeah. right? And you see it in other people's houses. Yeah, yeah. but that's like the underlying connection that yeah. I feel like gives Filipinos that instant bond. Mm -hmm. It's like we were saying the other day, um, when you see Filipino people who aren't from here, they'll like come up to you and be like, are you Filipino? Filipino ka ba? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We get that in the shop. Yeah. We get get the ones, you know, they're asking asking for donations. Oh. Help help your, help your brothers and sisters back home. Like Filipino ka ba? Like, we're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it happened. Like it happened to me the other day. Yeah, like I true. just said it myself. No, sure, you true. never know. Yeah. As actually, yeah, I've actually but, uh, heard some like pretty bad stories. Yeah, about stories. Yeah. I know me too. You know, like hustle UBC you know, kids. Yeah, the Filipino uh, restaurant groceries for years. I'm not going to say which one. I don't even remember to be honest. But the money wasn't even going back home. That's fucked. So people do that all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When uh, when there was the uh, the big the big tsunami back home, yeah. all the bags of rice that were collected, they found it buried under under the dirt. What? You remember that? Wait, what? Repeat. A couple, what? A couple of years ago, there was that big uh, that big tsunami. Yeah. That wiped out so many so many yeah. villages. So a bunch of people and a lot of charities were sending so many things all over the world, and it was it wasn't until maybe a year and a half or two years later, I think. What? that they found just like stacks of this rice just hoarded that just never reached they never reached the people that they were That's supposed to feed up. they were just being hoarded and then sold so you don't know like unless you go somewhere and actually be the difference yeah, that's and, true. and experience it I think that's yeah. the right way to do charity yeah right? oh, because if 100%. you're giving money you really don't know where that money is going mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah I watched I can't remember what the film was called I watched this film at, uh, at VIF and it was something similar to that story. It was during the typhoon, um, and it was sort of this corrupt, the corrupt nature of donations coming from overseas, mm-hmm. and how like inevitably the government or whatever political body that's controlling what's going on at that moment will control the funds, and so they hold that stuff as uh, like a hostage to the people, so they can control what it is that their moves are. So they ended up kicking people out of their homes because they're like, we're not going to give you the money. If they don't have the money, they can't stay there. So it's just like a fucked up cycle of mm-hmm. things not getting to where they need to go. 
But uh, I mean, I guess that's what you get in a, and I don't even know all the details about like how much corruption is in the Filipino government, but I guess that's what you get when you get to a country like that, which I feel like, uh, I feel like I always need to learn more about what's going on there because I never know enough. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's, I guess, another feat. (laughs) Yeah. No. When was the last time you guys went to the Philippines? Uh, I was there two years ago, actually. Two years ago. Yeah, for a wedding. Um, Yeah. I have been back for like 10 years, so it's, uh, I had an amazing time, honestly. Yeah, I think like even just as a young entrepreneur and just um, seeing how their city works, mm. they have like a young and un- up-and-coming like young entrepreneurs there. Yeah, yeah. Really? that's what I've been hearing lately, Different a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah it's that's crazy. nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because it's actually, I think, a product of social media and being able to see like what totally. is happening uh, overseas and taking a lot of that model over. And then you have tons of people who are like us who end up moving back, uh, yes. moving back to the Philippines and then starting their business or having a branch out of there. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of that lately. Actually. Yeah. Like when I was there, um, there was a, uh, a DJ that uh, we hung out with and uh, he's originally from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, San Fran and he lives there now. So imagine him bringing all the stuff that he knew, like growing up in San Fran and moving back there. And then there was another guy from Texas. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of guys, like a lot of Filipinos that just come to the Philippines to even just start something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the whole connection of just different Filipinos all around the world coming to this epicenter and trying to start something and just us being millennials and just having, you know, goals in mind, like it's a very big opportunity for people there mm-hmm. and, I, and I saw it myself yeah. which yeah. is kind of nice because there's such a an overhaul of overseas workers like OFW leaving yeah. to support their it's families their export. Yeah. yeah it's the biggest yeah it's the biggest export from the Philippines in terms of the economy mm-hmm. but yes. it's nice to see people do the opposite and mm-hmm. bring back business into the country I mean it'll be interesting to see over the next however many years it makes me wonder how that's going to affect um the poor areas though yeah. especially in Manila because there's not much more space and they're building more and more buildings mm-hmm. so they're taking down slums mm-hmm. right considered but where do they go they become squatters under the under the right. highway yeah. right yeah. yeah there's like a growing population right outside of the airport that, right you, now. you guys were in saying it like that's outside money that's mm-hmm. outside money right mm-hmm. and, and there are still a large percentage of Filipino people who are just content and also they don't really want that life. They yeah. just want to, you know, live with their families, live happy, have those mm-hmm. very simple values, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's another side of people. And you're talking about a city that has millions more than it should. Yeah. Well, and then I think that's where like a lot of the people who are coming into that space of trying to like start something for the community there. I think there needs to be like a real check on like I'm saying this even for myself, like in thinking about like working and like living out there too. Like to be able to understand like what your biases are and just not just coming in. And I mean, we're basically the equivalent of when I think about it, I'm the equivalent of like a white person coming in and like, I've never lived here like for longer than a month, you know, Mm -hmm. like my parents will go. And when you're younger, you just like go with your family and you just like stay with your like aunts and uncles and Mm -hmm. you're just living the way that they would live. But (laughs) to be, you know, what mid twenties to actually like start a life there and to think, come in and think, oh yeah, like this is what the city needs. I think that's where a lot of these Filipinos or myself included, like need to really understand like, okay, like what 
do I really understand like how the city operates, what the city needs and also who am I pushing out and am I actually accommodating and providing like what is needed, not just, hey, I have this like cool lifestyle brand that I think will thrive and I can afford to like launch right. it here and I'm just going to go out to the Philippines and do it. Well, not necessarily. And that's, I yeah. think, where... Um, I've started to notice that I'm like, okay, like hopefully everyone's kind of like cognizant of yeah. what what their position is. Cause I think mm -hmm. it's great. Yeah. That there's so much energy. There's new people, money, um, institutions kind of like coming in. But I think, yeah, to, to your point about, um, the communities that are already resigning in a lot of these spaces, yeah. spaces, like how do you leverage your Privilege. and privilege mm -hmm. and yeah. power and understanding especially if you are coming from a place that is super developed okay cool then advocate for fucking better transportation system advocate for better streets safer streets and like things like that even just even just hire people yeah. that are locals right instead yeah. of trying to get people from more people from overseas to yeah. just do your job like give give people work yeah and that right? takes that though takes a conscious learning of awareness where you are yeah, yeah. yeah. because i think that a lot of people work, even though they might not think that their intentions are selfish, they are. Mm -hmm. If you're going into a country that's not yours and trying to make something thrive that is yours, but you have no semblance of what life is like there, yeah. you don't have the right to step into there. It's like white mm -hmm. savior complex, you yeah. know, but yeah. just in the form of <laughs> Filipinos yeah. go like, you know, uh, what's it called? Westernized Filipinos going into mm -hmm. their, what they think is their homeland. It's like, no, but that's not your homeland. Yeah. yeah. And then it's funny because I totally play devil's advocate to myself though, where it's like, where's that line though? Where like, hey, I am from here. I should own part of that culture. And if we, I don't know, to fall too deep onto that side and to feel so disconnected and that you don't feel like you're welcome. Well, that's also, I don't mm -hmm. know, a complex that you kind of have to think about when you're out there too. The, there's a real divide between it yeah. actually. Like, have you ever gone back home and, and felt like you were not one of them? Yeah. yeah. Or they made you feel like you weren't one Absolutely. of them? I feel like not one of Filipinos. <laughs> when I'm around Filipinos, I don't feel like I'm Filipino enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I even yeah. felt bad I couldn't speak to your remember, Lola today. I remember, you, yeah, I remember like talking to my mom and I was like, because I've been trying to go back for a couple years now. Like yeah. I've been backpacking for the past like two, like past two summers and like, I always ask, I'm like, mom, dad, like I'm going to go to the Philippines. And every time it's like this huge fight because to them, well, one, I want to backpack by myself. So then that's, they're like, first of all, it's dangerous. Yeah. Is what they <laughs> dangerous. Anak, don't Anak. do it. <laughs> until, um, until it becomes Bahala yeah. Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like, yes, go ahead. Yes. yes. Um, I will then. Yeah, no, but like for real, like they, they they're like it's dangerous and I've, I've like fought with them so much about it and and it's because to them they think like they don't understand like why they they know that when i go there that i will every they say sorry let me gather my thought um they say that like i don't even have to talk and like people will know and I'm like, but I speak fluent Tagalog. They're like, they'll know. Your skin's yeah. different. Yeah. You're like, and I'm like, it's I'm not thing. even mestiza. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, no, no. They, they know. know. Like, I just put that lotion on. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> it's how you hold yourself. It's your character. It's just like what you're even doing there. Like, um, no one just like hangs out. Like, 
just goes around and travels like in the right. and I was like, what do you mean? Like people like and he's and they always say they're like, okay, your friends have gone, sure, but what are they? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, but this right white, and I'm mm. like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, of course. They never want to ruin their image to tourists because yes. hospitality. They want to care right. for people. They want people point. to come to the country and like serve them and like make sure that they have a great time. But flip that to you like you're actually very vulnerable there and you could potentially be at like putting yourself at risk because just there's a lot of i think my parents come from such poor conditions that they just know how desperate some people can be yeah and to them that's dangerous yeah and that and and to them they're like what they think it's great that i've found this interest in being filipino and like oh like that's great like you're asking all these questions but to them they're also like but why do you want to go back Mm. why do you want to work there why do you want to live there and to them they just escape i think such horrible circumstances circumstances and to them like even like a shitty baseline out here is way better than out there yeah. so then to right. them that understanding of connecting back they're like why do you have to do it out there but that's the struggle overall with being a part of the filipino diaspora yeah. being born out of the country where your parents originate from is that you're never going to fully belong in Canada because you're not white, but mm. you go back to the Philippines, which is supposed to be where you originated from, and you're never going to be 100% Filipino because you're that's not true. from there. Yeah. So I think that that's what's nice about hearing other people's stories and experiences is that everybody has sort of that feeling of uh, not 100% belonging in either. Mm. And with that comes a plethora of different experience. I don't know why I use that word, but like (laughs) different experiences um, that make each of their own lives unique. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's that's why it's special to like hear perspectives of Mm -hmm. everyone. We're making our own, Mm -hmm. making our own belonging. Yeah, exactly. Our our certain type of, and that's how we become a community as a whole. Because it's like no one, somebody who is from the Philippines, would not hundred percent relate to us, but we can relate to each other in that we are all not hundred percent belonging in either. Mm -hmm. True, which is pretty cool. much for tuning in this week and we hope you enjoyed part one part two will be next week with the guys and i can't even remember what's in that episode because there was just so much more but we will touch on their entrepreneurship story a little bit more and just a lot more about the culture and being filipino so tune into that thank you so much to the guys again chad and gino thank you for hosting us over at hades you can find them on instagram at parlor by hades you can find chad at chad Chadley Abelos and Gino at Hades.g and just go visit their website or go visit them in person visit their shop it's beautiful get a cut get a color go say hi as for us you know where to find us on Instagram at Parasakanya and on our website which is the same thing just with a dot com at the end so we will look forward to chatting with you next week and send us a message for what you'd like to hear next or who you'd like to hear us talk to next and also remember to subscribe like 
comment wait no that's the wrong script for a podcast subscribe and rate and comment (laughs) we'll talk to you next week and until then have a good one and also we appreciate you so 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 much and yeah okay now that's it